Hi friends, welcome back to I Am Epiphany. I'm your creator and host, Bethany Epiphany, and yes, Epiphany is my real name. Tune in as I share my thoughts and epiphanies on a wide range of topics, from pop culture to social justice issues, to simply navigating life as a millennial. You won't be hearing just my thoughts and epiphanies, but from those who I find interesting and awesome. If it's your first time, I'm so excited to have you here. If you are returning, it is my pleasure to welcome you back. Hello, peeps. It's raining. And I dig it. Winter is wintering. And if you're from Cali, if you're from LA like I am, our winters are cute, right? But... This year, our winter has been bold, honey. It's the rain, the thunder, the hail, the snow, the snow, y'all. There was snow in SoCal. There was snow in Fontana. Y'all, I don't have a, a snow wardrobe. Like, I bought a good umbrella less than two years ago. Your girl is not prepared. So you already know I was inside and will remain inside um, until the sky is no longer wet. Amen. Global warming is real. Anyways, friends, how are you? Are you good? If you're listening to this, that means you're alive. And that means you are good. You're doing well, friends. Just keep going. Welcome to the new listeners who have joined us in our tuning in for the first time. I appreciate your presence. I am well. I'm moving right along with life. It's still Black History Month, so shout out. By the way, what's happening in Florida and other states with them literally making it illegal to teach Black history is absolutely infuriating. I'm about to go on a rant. I'm infuriated. The lengths people in power will go to in order to keep people ignorant and as a result maintain power is mind-blowing. They are trying to keep the truth from being told. The truth of what Black people have contributed to this country, the truth of what Black people continue to endure in this country, they are trying to erase us from history. From history, like do you check how deep that is? to be erased from history. You literally do not exist. Your identity obscured. What happens to a country that doesn't know its history? What happens to a people whose contributions have been erased? They're lost. If this information wasn't important, these steps would not be taken to keep information from us. To make the progress we have made only to be pushed backwards is beyond alarming and heartbreaking. Luckily, we live in a world where the information we want is literally at our fingertips. In addition to protesting and fighting against this societal regression, research the information you want to learn. Order the books that you don't have. There is still a way of getting the information that you want to know more about and getting your history. Speaking of alarming and heartbreaking, this has been on my heart. There 
was controversy surrounding a picture that was taken of Black actor Jonathan Majors for the cover of Ebony magazine. If you don't know who Jonathan Majors is, please Google him. He has been in a lot of films, including Creed Three, that recently came out. For those of you who are unaware and haven't seen the cover, Jonathan is styled wearing this long, thick, textured pink coat with jeans, cowboy boots, and no shirt. And he's sitting on top of this couch. Listen, black men were complaining about this cover, saying that he was, quote, too feminine, that he's being emasculated, and why did he have to wear that? Why did he have to pose that way? So on and so forth. It was absolutely stupid. It was stupid. The homophobia in the black community, more specifically with black men, is absolutely baffling. Nothing about Jonathan's photo was quote unquote feminine. And even if it was, why would that be a problem for you? I guarantee you that Jonathan posing in a pink coat will not stop the ladies from being attracted to him and supporting him. He looked good in the photo. What's so ridiculous is that what the outrage, in my opinion, is really about is the fact that his coat is pink. That's it. Had this coat been black or dark blue or gray, there would not be this uproar. It's the toxic masculinity for me. It's the insecurity for me. Their masculinity is so fragile. How fragile does your masculinity have to be for you to be so offended by a color, bro? To be afraid of wearing a color because you feel you'll be perceived as gay. It's ridiculous. What y'all need to be doing is taking notes. What's attractive about the photo is the confidence. He is still a man even if the coat is pink. It's not that deep. And I'm sure the hoteps would argue that that it is deep, but it's not. The conversation around it was so ignorant. Writer for Ebony Magazine, Stephanie Taylor, wrote an op-ed about the controversy, about the backlash. And I will share what she wrote. Stylist Alexander Julian drew inspiration for this look from the anime character do Flamingo from the show One Piece. Alexander says, I believe you can be inspired by anything, your surroundings, the people you are with, what you see, color, and more. I love anime. I've watched it for years. I draw a lot of style inspiration from anime. And One Piece is particularly stylish. I like the show not just because it is anime, but because it talks about real-world issues like slavery, government corruption, and other mature themes. Cosplay wasn't the shoot's theme, but my personal beliefs about styling led me to find an innate inspiration from Doflamingo, which is funny because he is extremely masculine in the show, continues Julian. Black comic book fans would likely resonate with this because there's a lot of crossover between comic book, Marvel fans, and anime fans. This was one of the reasons I chose to call this out in his look, because it would resonate with a specific group of people 
who have poured themselves into these mediums that have not always been socially accepted. These, these genres have millions of Black fans who are not always represented in the fandom. Stephanie writes, while a great deal of you shared a very positive response to the cover, we thank you, of course. Some of the opinionated remarks took a more negative stance. One now deleted tweet in particular spoke about Major's so-called emasculation, prompting a flurry of related backlash about what a man, a black man, should ultimately look like. Furthermore, the discourse brought to life the antiquated views about how the way in which a black male presents himself inherently speaks to his strength and capabilities as a man. Even more gross was the anti-black rhetoric used to critique his appearance coming directly from other black men and women. As the kids say today, be freaking for real. Are you not embarrassed to have your true colors pop out in this way? As we continue to fight for a more equitable world that sees black people in their fullness, we should not pick and choose when to be open-minded. The influx of negativity regarding Major's blush-colored coat cover is reflective of so many things plaguing our community. The chokehold that hypermasculinity has on a large chunk of us, the failure to imagine black manhood as something more than physical stereotypes, and the ways in which internalized homophobia dictates folks' daily movements. Although this conversation has exposed the ugly thinking still deep-rooted in our community, Ebony's editor-in-chief and SVP of programming, Marielle, or hopefully I'm, I'm pronouncing the name correctly, had a bit of foresight and intuition about the numbers and dialogue that would come from these covers. Marielle says, I knew that this was the response we would get with the second cover, and this was intentional as the entire goal with the creative was to challenge stereotypes around black masculinity. I talk about this in my edit editor's letter. In the first cover, he appears shirtless in a reimagining of Allen Iverson Sports Illustrated cover. Few brothers would argue Iverson was quote unquote soft as he represented a form of swag and grittiness that felt familiar to many. She continues, Jonathan was hailed as a sex symbol by fans for the shirtless cover, which ultimately went viral and landed on multiple TV outlets. Now he shows up wearing pink with his legs crossed and he's suddenly become effeminate. This year, Major stars in three films which are hyper-masculine as you can get. To be honest, the clear discomfort shown towards Major's brings to light character flaws that these individuals share rather than it being an attack on his manhood. There is no agenda out there to emasculate the black man or black men. If anything, there is a mission to allow them to feel liberated enough from the shackles of hegemonic masculinity, the dictation that governs how a man should act in society based on outdated rules to embrace whatever self-expression feels best for them. Another angle of this conversation deals with how a man must be able to fight well and shoot shit up, quote unquote, 
if he is going to wear pieces like that to still be considered a quote manly man. But we must realize the more we force black men to, su to subscribe to quote unquote thuggish stereotypes, the further away we are drifting from true freedom. Plus really, if we are talking about black fashion, black men have been rocking the hell out of pieces deemed effeminate for decades. Think Prince, the Isley Brothers, and the Gap Band in their early years, or Kid Cudi and Andre 3000 today. But why does how one man chooses to dress have to be coupled with his ability to show strength? This is not what we should be equating black manhood to. I think it's important for Ebony to have the difficult conversations that have divided us as a community and prevented us from progressing. As a 21st century media brand, it's important we lead these combos, and I'm happy to see folks talking about it. Regardless of what you think of Majors, he's, he does not deserve disrespect. If in 2023, we're still debating what colors a man should wear in order to be a true man, instead of judging him by the content of his character and the validity of his actions that contribute to society, then we have a much greater problem to solve. Well said, Stephanie. Happy Black History Month. Let's go on and shift gears, shall we? So I appreciated the responses from the previous podcast episode, AKA my Valentine's Day special that I put out where I shared about a recent dating travesty that took place and what I learned from it. If you missed it, go ahead, pause this, go listen to that. After I recorded the session, my idea was to have a part two where I have a man share his perspective and dating experience. I wanted the conversation to be balanced. I didn't just want it to be me sharing my experience as a woman. I felt it was necessary to have a male perspective shared, right? To continue the combo because men definitely have their experiences, both pleasant and unpleasant. So I wanted to shed light on that and expand the conversation a little bit. I will introduce my guest and share part two of the dating experience conversation after the break. Hello. Good morning, Bethany. How are you? Oh, I'm good. He's made it in. Yay! Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm excited uh, that you'll be sharing. Um, so just want to make sure that you can hear me clearly. Yes, yes, I can. How about myself? Am I audible? Yes, you're audible. You're coming in clear. Let's jump right in. Let's do it. Let's do it. Bethany, real quick, before we start, I just want to, again, I know we talked offline, but I want to commend you first and foremost for creating the space for your audience. I'm sure they, they get some invaluable information from it. So kudos to you. You about to get me all emotional before we even dive in. Why would you do that? Oh, thank you so much. I I really appreciate that. And that is the the hope and the the purpose is that people take something 
beneficial a way. So thank you for contributing to it because, you know, I can't have this conversation by myself. So thank you. Absolutely. (sighs) All right, friends. So we are back. And it is my pleasure to introduce my guest, Chisholm. Um, So Chisholm, you have said hello to me, but you can go ahead and say hello to the people. Hello, hello out there, people. Um, (laughs) Yes, my name is Chisholm. I currently reside in LA, originally from Dallas, Texas. And um, just happy to be here. Happy to be here to hang out with my good friend, Bethany, and have some great, great discussions today. Yay. Yes, friends. He is from Dallas. Um, shout out to Texas. Yes, um, yes. But again, thank you for being here. Um, so before you came on, I was giving context to my listeners, my podcast community about why I wanted to extend the dating experience conversation and why it was important for me to have a more balanced conversation where we highlight the dating experience from a male perspective. Uh, Before we begin, because I know there's going to be a few of y'all out there, like, let me just say that I already know that Chisholm does not represent, nor does he speak for all men, okay? He is simply sharing his experience, and we appreciate him for doing so. Um, So let's get into it. So in my previous episode, I was very expressive. And one of the things I was expressive about, um, I was expressive about some things that I appreciated during this specific romantic encounter. So I wanted to know, in your dating experience, what qualities do you appreciate in women? Sure. Really, I appreciate that question. And um, yes, yes, everything I say today is from my humble experience um, as dating as a black man. Um, But I would say, first and foremost, I truly appreciate passion in a partner. You know, I think um, and passion, you know, passion in anything positive uh, for yourself and or the people around you, your community. Um, you know, I think having a strong sense of passion provides a sense of confidence and clarity you know, about your goals um, and what you're pursuing. But more importantly, why? You know, why are you pursuing certain goals? Um, it generates a desire to remain curious, you know, um, to be a student, to want to learn and be persistent in your learning and to try to continuously be better. So and these are all traits um, that you can simply apply to relationships as well. So it speaks volumes to me, you know, as a man, when when a woman has passion. That's first and foremost. And I think the biggest misconception, Bethany, is that passion is is something that's easy, you know, something that's natural, um, you know. But but it's it's really not. I think passion is my favorite quote is the willingness to suffer if necessary, because the outcome matters more to you than the temporary discomfort, you know? So if Mm -hmm. your passion is community, you know, you love working with students, but you know, you got them days, you know, it's like, boy, these students, you know, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, but you know, you know, due to that passion, you can, and you, you, you have your mind on the outcome. And so you continue to persist and grind and develop those micro habits to to get you to your end goal. You know, same thing with fitness. You know, if that's your passion, 
you're not always gonna go, <laughs> go in the gym happy go lucky you know it's gonna be them days you're struggling but you know you continue to per- to persevere so i truly admire that in a woman all right and um mm-hmm. and also i gotta say bethany you know i just i think having a sense of playfulness about you is is something that uh that's that's um again that's something i appreciate you know i think the world is serious now you know we all have jobs um oftentimes but you have to be able to come home to a partner right and 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 have that childlike mentality i'm a goofy person i love to joke around and i um and i think it's necessary in a relationship to be able to flirt with your partner you know hell um, yeah oops you know i'm sorry I'm i did saying. not mean to cut you off <laughs> i am so sorry Keep you know and, and and this is very easy you know i don't i don't want you guys to think this is something that's very complex uh, i mean this is listen a smile can go a long way a, a smile can express so many things right and and to me that's that's um that's a form of flirting you know smiling right and sending silly videos to each other right and and you know leaving little love notes around the the house or your apartment or whatever it may be you know these are things that again are very necessary in my opinion and through my experience in dating i agree with all of that all right okay i okay so it's basically like you admire or appreciate someone who has ambition who has something that they are moving towards right and like the intention behind it is very important for you and which I I agree with and when I think about the men that I've dated in the past the one common thing between them was their level of ambition mm. um so that's something that I admire as well and I'm really glad you said you mentioned being playful. I'm very silly. And those who listen to this podcast know, like I laugh at myself, by myself. And it's nice to be able to bounce that energy off of someone else because the world is far too serious and you need to like lighten it up just a little bit. Just a little bit, right? Just a little bit. Okay. So on the flip side, in your dating experience, what behavior patterns in women have been a turnoff for you? Oh, you're going to put me on blast. All I right. know. Well, well, <laughs> well listen, I um, I got to say, I have been fortunate enough to, to date women who are very intentional about what they want, you know, yeah, so I'm yeah. truly blessed in that regard. Um, but yes, like you said, there are um, certain challenges that we all deal with um, based on your personal preferences. And for me, I think um, a lot of those negative qualities um, really all stem from immaturity, um, in a sense. And that's emotional immaturity. And now listen, guys, I don't want you guys to think I'm out here just, you know, because I've done a lot of work on myself as well. And this, a lot of what I'm saying goes for myself as well, you know, but I think if we, as we continue to grow, gain experience through learning ourselves, you know, we develop and we mature emotionally as well as social, socially as well, you know, and I think some of those poor qualities or some of those qualities that can use um, some building in terms of emotional immaturity, it brings out 
things such as, you know, um, neediness, right? Um, that is something, <laughs> neediness is, is something that I've experienced in which, again, it stems from just that poor and undeveloped sense of, of maturity. And, and so I just want to, I just want to stress on that real quick. Um, neediness is, 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 a. Uh, it's something that we can all work on, you know, to be honest. And it just, to me, it stems from a void. You know, it means that you have to work on something because you feel like you're not being fulfilled and you need somebody else to fulfill that for, for you. Mm-hmm. And so, again, this is something I've truly worked on myself as well. So that's, that's to me, I, I think emotional immaturity as well as social immaturity is, is, um, is something that we can all work on. And also Absolutely. something else, Bethany, something else that stems from that is also with um, early on in the dating phase. I think if you're not socially mature, you can have a sense of entitlement to you. Right. And, and a sense of entitlement, not to be confused with expectations, because I do think we should all have expectations in the dating realm. We should all have certain standards and values that we that we stick by. But having a sense of entitlement an unfounded sense of entitlement uh, in my opinion is is a huge huge turnoff you know you should do so and so because of me you should do so and so just because or just because you know so i think that's again that's stemming from that social um, immaturity that again we can all work on so, so like well okay let me go back to what you said before mm-hmm. about the void like because i think the void is real right in terms of people trying to uh fulfill something uh to uh, provide themselves with something and they cling to another person to uh fill them up and essentially that's never going to to work right you have to be um whole and complete within yourself and not seeking someone else to to complete you to fulfill you and how draining that can be for the other person um constantly you know, just all up under you, like, yeah, right, like, right, right. I need some <laughs> space. I need you to fall back, or even um, neediness. It can also look like a level of possessiveness. Mm-hmm. I've been in situations where men have this strong desire to like possess me or to mm-hmm. like control what I do, and. Um, that stems from something within them that needs to be addressed and healed. Um, and so people do your healing work. Okay. Don't be out here. Just, you know, making it, making it worse for, for everyone else. And when you're talking about like social immaturity, right? Mm-hmm. So the example you gave was like, you should do this because, um, because I'm me I'm or like, me. You know, for example, I think um, oftentimes you may get into a relationship with a man and, you know, you oblige him to just buy you this, right? Because you're you without even knowing the guy, right? I think just having that that sense of, of maturity to say, you know what, let me get to know this guy. Let me understand where he's coming from. Let me understand his budget, <laughs> let me you know let me understand let me understand his budget let me understand you know because if you like somebody you know um obviously you have to do your research you have to go on your dates you have to you know make sure that you do like this person and then 
once you guys establish that ground, that fundamental ground, you know, rule, you can then start to, okay, well, you know, express yourself, express some of the things that you like, express, you know, but you have to be able to do, it's not off the gate. Hey, listen, I know you don't know me. I know this is our first gate, but this, this is what I expect from you. This is what I expect from you guys. It's, it's, that's a huge, uh, for myself, that's a huge, huge turnoff, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, And so, and then also I wanted to just go back to the to the neediness part. You know, I think um, I'm the type of man, I enjoy quality time with my partner. I truly do. I enjoy spending time and, you know, doing silly things, going out, experiencing different things. But I also appreciate my solitude, right? And, and so I think um, there's great benefit, you know, when, when you're in solitude because it allows you to reflect on the relationship it allows you to reflect on for example you know i actually we have a men's group you know every month we have a men's group we meet we talk about so many different things and uh, you know you have folks in this group who are married divorced um, dating in the early phase you know dating for about two or three years you know so and one of the things you know at the end of the meeting we always talk about what we're grateful for you know at the, at the beginning of the meeting it's like man you know i'm glad i get to spend this space with you guys right because it it does get me away from my normal routine of you know work or hanging with my partner this is sort of a refreshment but towards the end of the meeting 70 percent of the that those men are saying you know what i'm grateful for my partner i'm grateful for my wife i'm grateful for my girlfriend because again that moment of solitude or that moment where you get an opportunity to reflect on relationship allows you to really think about what you appreciate about the relationship, right? And so you're able to then go back to your partner and express that, right? And so I think it's, it's important for ladies to understand when a man is self-reflective, that's, that's a, a great, great trait to, to possess. And not only just like self-reflection, I think... How do I put it? Like having people in his life or her life mm-hmm. that they are accountable to, right. right? It's like, who does this this person look up to, right? Who right. is this person's mentor? Who, who Who's holding this person accountable? Like, I usually, you can tell a lot. Maybe not a lot. You can get some insight about the person you're dating based on the company that they keep. And so sometimes, like, these are the people who hold you accountable. Like, your homeboy is ratchet out here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I'm questioning this. But the fact that you're going to a space to have these conversations, and I think it's it's great and it speaks to the desire to to grow and do better and be better and that solitude that time alone is important like I said before I don't need you up under me you know what I'm saying like I got too much to do it's like don't you don't you have somewhere to be right now like why are you here with me I need you to be over there um I need my my time alone so I'm with you on that and just going back to the like the social immaturities and like expecting certain things or the the, the feeling of entitlement 
And I think there's an interesting conversation to be had there about things that you feel entitled to versus like chivalry, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I'm meeting up with someone for the first time, there mm-hmm. are certain expectations that I have of that person. Right. Um, not in terms of, you know, uh, monetary things or financial things, but just in terms of how I expect it to be treated. And like baseline, I expect to be treated to be treated with respect, and I'm uh, obviously going to return that, right? right and right. the and I think that requires, you know, having a conversation even before you get to that first meeting stage of okay, we're going to meet up and just get to know each other, mm-hmm. right? We're just taking time to, you know, share space and time and have some conversation. Maybe those are the type of, maybe that dialogue is necessary before even getting to that stage. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you're right 100%, Bethany. I think it's, it's critical to have that dialogue to before you get to the space where you're sharing a moment. Um, because you're right, you should have some, some fundamental expectations, right? Um, and standards uh, that you set for yourself, you know? And, it, and it's, it could be something as simple as, hey, you know, I'd appreciate for my man to show up on time or I appreciate for this potential dating partner to show up on time and not, not leave me sitting there for 30 minutes waiting on him. Why, you know, um, uh, but again, it's just being able to, to, to put that in order as opposed to entitlement. Like, man, listen, we got to go to, you know, this so-and-so restaurant downtown cause I need to be seen or we got to go to, you know, but having that fundamental understanding of the difference and being able to discern the difference between your expectations and standards versus just having, again, an unfounded sense of entitlement without having to know somebody, right? Or having the opportunity to share that space with somebody and understanding where they're coming from. Right. Right. It's like, don't, don't be jumping the gun. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like easy there. Like I, you know, I, I get what you're saying. I get yeah, what, no. what you're, where yeah. you're coming from. No. And, and really at the end of the day, I think it's just, it's about the, the connection and the relationship you have with somebody because you don't want that relationship to be a transactional relationship. You know, you really want right. to connect, you know, you're looking to connect with somebody because you truly want to connect with somebody. And that's the whole, in my opinion, that's the whole, especially in the early dating phase, you know, you're sort of doing your research. You're trying to figure out if this is somebody that you're going to be compatible with, right? And um, when you're in a relationship, you know, this is somebody that you choose. We rarely get to choose who you know, who we spend time with. Our parents are not chosen for us. Our siblings are not chosen for us. You know, our coworkers are not chosen for us, but this is somebody we get to choose. So take the time to, you know, understand and and not make it so transactional. Like, oh, well, you know, you got to fit this A, B, C, D, but just be open, right? Be open to to new experiences from both sides. You know, this is not just, I'm not just speaking to the women, but also, you know, to the men, because we also have our, you know, what she got to be, you know, 24, 15, you know, she got to be, she got to have this, you know, so, um, you know, man, we're, we're a little bit more visual, right? And so just, but being open and not having such a sense of entitlement, like she got to look like this, or she got to walk like this, or she got to be like this. I think it's, it's key because 
it makes the relationship so transactional. And when you have a transactional relationship, there is no connection. And in my opinion, connection is fundamental for every relationship. So, Yes. I mean, it's, it's the vital piece. And when you're talking about, you know, men being visual creatures and, um, of course, I've heard that many a time. And then I kind of think about like Instagram and maybe the impact that's mm-hmm. had on certain expectations of what a woman, a woman's body should look like. And because, um, you know, they want a baddie, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> they want they want the thicky fig, you know, hey. they want hips, dips and lips. And I'm just like, you know, well, some of this is filter and some of this is real. But you're going to find out on the date. You're going to find out on the date. But I'm just like, you know, I find myself feeling insecure Mm -hmm. because I'm like, shit, I don't have no six pack. Like, I don't have an eight pack. Like, my booty is not thick as peanut butter. Like, it's not... You know what I'm saying? So, but I have to, like, uh, set that aside, disregard those (laughs) images, and, like, reaffirm my beauty for myself because it's it's wild out here. And some of these dudes be wanting a 20 and they're a 1. And I'm like... (laughs) how you gonna want someone who looks like this but you're not even trying to look any other type of way like right right you know i think i think it's um you're right you know i think our priorities are skewed you know and, and primarily because we have social media nowadays you know we we're constantly looking at for men, you know we have this she gotta look this this is we have a a barometer for what a beautiful woman is and sometimes um that is not an accurate uh, measurement of what beauty is or beauty standards right and and the same thing for women you guys you have a um this status thing like my man he got to be at this status symbol or at this status level uh, again right. because of um social media and and things of that nature in which you're looking at somebody's highlight reel for their life right and you think well that's just their whole life but it's really just a snapshot of 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 that particular moment in time and that's not you know they deal with the challenges that we deal with they deal you know so it's important to just keep that in mind just be mindful of that as you have these again unfounded i don't even want to call it expectations but just uh unfounded sense of entitlement of what this person should be or how they should look like or what they should do get to know the person first right and 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 see where their heart is you know obviously we all have our preferences as far as physical attraction i'm not saying go out here and just date somebody you you know you're not completely (laughs) attracted to because we don't want that as well but at the same time i think it's just important to um, understand who you're dealing with right and and be able to proceed accordingly yeah, I, when I think about it, like, at least in terms of the, the physical part of it, the men that I've dated, they all look, none of them look the same. I don't think I have a physical type. But you know what, that's for, that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> um, so, um, in the dating world, uh-huh. what do you think is something that women don't understand about men? Wow, you know, that's a great question. You know, I um, so I want to talk about the difference between love 
and value. You know, because, mm-hmm. you know, when you talk about, you hear it all the time, love languages. Um, but I think we interpret it this differently as women. You know, for women, love is just that raw love and emotions, you know, spending quality time and, and you know, um, being there for one another and this and that. Um, but for men, you know, a man can love you but not value you, right? And oftentimes you could hear this in women where they they say, you know, well, I know he loves me, but I feel alone in this relationship. Or, you know, I know he loves me, but we don't spend quality time. And, and so um, it's, it's important to understand how a man views love. And again, I'm not speaking for all men, um, but are you of value to him? And there's a couple of ways to to really test and see if you are, you know, number one, first and foremost, you have to value yourself. I think that's the most Mm. important thing is you have to value yourself um, because you can't expect your partner or anybody for that matter to, to value you um, if you do not value yourself. And so, (laughs) and so, you know, I think this should be common sense. And I think this is something that we should all understand. So, uh, very simple value yourself and there's so many ways to do that you know like just just value yourself it, it takes healing it takes development it takes self-reflection it takes internal battling to understand and know yourself but here's a number two way to be of value to your man and again it's very simple have an interest in what he does okay I'm going to say that again. Just have an interest (laughs) in what he does. I can't express this enough, right? You know, find a way to contribute to his passion. Um, You know, being of help to him in things that are important to him. Uh, Let me give you guys an example. um, I'm an engineer. You know, I'm in water resources. That's what I do. I'm sort of an undercover nerd. So I... (laughs) I, I'm all about, you know, the treatment and distribution and conveyance of water, water quality, you know, um, you know, and, and, you know, I had a partner who she understood that this was something I love doing. This was my livelihood. This is how I bring, this is how I make my income. And, you know, she actually organized a tour of a brand new water treatment facility plant in Carlsbad, organized everything. Now, let me tell you guys something. This creates that value. You know, it's, it's, it really creates that value. And I really appreciated this, right? And so when a man values you, trust me, he understands what he has and he's not going to want to give that up, right? And so that's, that's really all I can say is we express love differently than women do. For us is what 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 value do you bring to us obviously we we love you we respect you but what value do you bring to us and again it's vice versa you know it's not just for men also for women you know so interesting yeah i have so many follow-up questions that we don't have time <laughs> um because you know when i think of someone that you love or you know the assumption or the belief is that you also value them, that love encompasses value, but maybe those are 
separate things in the eyes of other people. And maybe it's the reason why, I don't know. I'm trying to be careful. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a reason why there's infidelity, right? Because mm-hmm. men will say, I love her. But it's like, if you love me, why would you cheat on me? Right. right? right. So yeah. is it a question of, of being valued, of exactly. being um, underappreciated, um, which is something to think about. Um, I definitely want someone, to, you know, of value as well. And I think okay. maybe that will uh, differ depending on the person that you're involved with, what value, um, what matters to them, what is important to them. And um, again, tailoring the relationship to what suits both of those people the best. Absolutely, absolutely, and that—that's really it. And you hit it on the nail, Bethany. I think, um, at the very least, understanding the difference between love and value, or exploring that with your partner, I think, is critical. Um, you know, because oftentimes love—and it can—you know—there are some instances where you know he loves you that equates to value, right? And it really just depends on the man as well because love does not always equate to to value. So being able to discern the two in your relationship, your individual relationship, because it's all different, is very, very important. And it goes both ways, you know, also asking yourself, do I value this man? I know I love him, you know, but what does that love actually mean, you know, versus do I value him? Do I value his his essence as a man? Do I value his potential? Do I value and appreciate what he, what he does and brings to me? And it's, it's, it's important to reflect on those questions, right? It's going to help you sustain that relationship or realize that you're not meant to be in that relationship. Cause that's also important. You know, I think oftentimes we are in relationships that we're not, God doesn't really have our spirits in that relationship. So it's important to be able to discern that as well. So so what would you say is your love language? Listen, love language. Man, I love all of them. You know, <laughs> I <laughs> you know, I you know that's always been a that's always been a difficult question for me, Bethany, because I, I truly do appreciate all of them. You know, I, I don't think you know, physical touch is a must. You know, I think physical touch is, is critical for me. Um, but also the gifting of gifts, you know, words mm-hmm. of affirmation, all of these things, I think you have to have them in a balance. And, and I've always struggled with that question because um, you're right. People receive things and people value, you know, different languages more than others. But for me, I think they're all necessary. Um and all critical components of a relationship. So it's hard for me. And it really just depends on where I am and what season I'm in and what phase of life I'm in and how I'm feeling, you know. So, and I try to, the same thing as I'm dating, I'm very intentional about understanding what somebody's love language is and how that changes because I don't believe it remains the same throughout life. I think it differs depending on where you are in life and and what the situation is, right? And so... Me as a man, I feel like it's my responsibility to be very intentional about understanding how you transition through different love languages and when you need all four of them or when you need just one or two and being able to balance that, you know? 
Interesting. Because in my head, I had an answer for what your love language might be. But we can discuss that <laughs> offline. <laughs> and, um, but with that, we're going to take a quick break and come back with our epiphanies. All right, so we're back, um, and we're going to share our dating epiphanies in words of advice or, you know, words of advice for those who are in the dating world or just a lesson that we've learned in the dating world. So our epiphanies. Um, Chisholm, I'll invite you to go first. All right. Well, so my epiphany, you know, everything we just talked about today, you know, love, being intentional, value, all this and that, that means nothing if you don't love yourself. You know, I think it all starts with you. You know, you have to be able to do the groundwork. You have to be able to heal. You know, oftentimes we think, well, it's just relationship. No, we have to heal from childhood traumas and understand our attachment styles and and understand ourselves i think we have to understand love and fully accept the persons that we are at the core right before we can extend that to somebody else and i think that's the most important thing because you cannot expect that from somebody else you can't expect somebody to love you without you loving yourself again you can't expect someone to value you you know, without you valuing who you are at the core and loving that person. So my epiphany for today's conversation is love yourself. Love yourself, right? Mm, mm, mm. Well, I love me, so I'm pretty <laughs> <laughs> so I love me some me. <laughs> I love me some Bethany. Um, we're in a very wonderful relationship with um, each other. I love myself. So I'm already on the right track. Um, but thank you for that epiphany. And I couldn't agree more. Um, loving yourself is the first step to anything. Um, and my, my epiphany kind of, it kind of falls in line with that. So my epiphany are there, you know, comes in words of advice. Um, and my epiphany is to not allow the frustrations or disappointments or the heartbreak that can come with dating to make you jaded. Mm. I say this because I was, y'all already know my story, okay? Y'all listened to the previous <laughs> episode, okay? And I was talking to a friend recently and talking about dating and she was speaking to me about a particular person, really cool, great guy. And in an instant, my thoughts were, but you thought the last two were great guys. <laughs> and it just like really just knocked the wind out of my sail. I felt like a deflated balloon. It took the joy and excitement out of meeting this new person. And I felt sad and I didn't like that. I felt sad and fearful of my ability to discern mm. who's good from who's bad and possibly get hurt again. Like I always 
do I, well, I do my best to follow my gut, my intuition. When I follow it, wonderful. When I don't, you know, things can go sideways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was afraid of not being able to trust myself, right? Not being able to to know who's good from who's bad. Right. But maybe it's not about who's a good guy and who's a bad guy. Maybe it's about who is operating unconsciously and who is operating consciously. Maybe it's about who is unhealed versus who someone who is working to, to heal and improve themselves. Um, maybe it's just about acknowledging the human imperfection in all of us and having a level of grace for others despite their imperfection and the drama they've brought. I think this grace can bring peace and hopefully keeps you open to recognizing the good and new people that you meet. Wow, I was going in a completely <laughs> different direction at the beginning of this epiphany. I love but it. I, was gonna say, I love it. <laughs> I was I was going to say if you feel yourself becoming jaded as I did, to hit pause on the dating and mentally, emotionally, and spiritually reset. Like, that is what I'm doing. I'm hitting a major pause um, so I can reset um, because there's no use in possibly continuing the same pattern of behavior that hurt you, right? Where the person who was unhealed and unconscious and lacked self-awareness brought you into their bullshit and hurt you. There you go. So hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. So if you're hurt, heal, baby. Okay. Sit <laughs> on the bench and heal. Heal before you bring someone else in. No, I love it. I love it. I love it, Bethany. And just remember, all right, remember, guys, you're gonna go through a couple of rotten apples before you find a good one. All right. So don't be discouraged. It's it's um well, it's okay to be discouraged, but don't let that don't let that have you operating out of fear, you know, and um, questioning, again, your ability, your confidence, um, because you will go through several, several rotten apples before you find that person that God has for you. So, um, Bethany, that, those were really, really great words. And, um, and I think that goes for all of us as well. So truly, truly appreciate that. Thank you. Um my friend was like, yeah, you're going to have to kiss some frogs. I'm like, girl, I'm tired of kissing frogs. <laughs> I was like, bump that, girl. I am not kissing anyone. Like, no, I don't know yeah. what's going on, but yeah. I, yeah. I'm moving away from the lake. I'm, I'm yeah. tired of frogs. That's Take funny. me somewhere else. That's funny. Yeah, no, sometimes you got to sit on that bench and just, like you said, reboot. You know, let's reboot. Let's let's re-strategize and let's let's go out there again, you know. So that's necessary sometimes. All right, my um, wonderful podcast family. All right, that's all we got for you today. Um, And by the time this comes out, it'll be like the end of Black History Month. So again, shout out to Black History Month, even though we should should have more than a month. Um, But thank you again, Chisholm, for coming on and sharing your time. And um, we're out. Did you want to say bye to the people? Hey, listen, thank you for having me, Bethany, and to the audience. 
Yo, stay stay tapped in, all right? A lot of knowledge, a <laughs> lot of gems coming out of Bethany. So, And just thank you so much for having me this morning. I had a blast. Yay. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey, friends. Thanks for listening. Please tune in twice a month for new episodes of I Am Epiphany. You can learn more about me, Bethany Epiphany, at bethanyepiphany.com or follow me on Instagram at B-E-P-I-F-A-N-I. Until next time, stay safe, stay cool. God bless.